It's good to see all of you out this morning. We're glad that you're here with us. As Brother Kirk mentioned, our lesson for today is a different spin, if you will, a different twist on a story that we've heard many times. And sometimes this is a neglected part of the story that we don't really learn anything from. We've all heard the story of the prodigal son, I believe. And, and we're familiar with that story. We're familiar with the story of a young man who desired to leave his, his parents' home, his father's home. And in so doing, he, he asked his father for his inheritance, demanded it of him. And his father obliged. He gave him his portion of his inheritance and he went out and, and spent it on riotous living and, and ended up feeding pigs. He ended up feeding the swine. And in, in feeding these swine, he realized what he had left behind at home. He desired only to come back as a servant and so he set forth to go back home when his father saw him he ran to him. He hugged him. He welcomed him with open arms and brought him back home. We know that story very well. But how much attention do we pay to the brother of the prodigal? Now this, this is a, a different story entirely. Uh, we see this brother and how he receives his brother. He doesn't receive him in kindness, but in resentment. That's what I want us to focus in on today. As we look at the story of the prodigal son, I want our focus to be on the prodigal's brother and see what lessons we can learn from him. There are a couple of questions that come to my mind specifically about the prodigal's brother. Was the brother's reaction understandable? Was his reaction at all sinful? Those are things that I hope to answer as we go throughout this lesson. Let's look first at the parable. Luke chapter 15 is a great chapter. It's one of the greatest chapters in the Bible. It teaches the importance of a lost soul. The chapter begins with a story of a shepherd who has a hundred sheep. One of the sheep leaves the fold. The shepherd leaves the ninety-nine sheep to go find the one. Shows the importance of one soul. We have another story of, of a woman who loses a coin and she, she searches all over the place to find this one coin. One out of ten that was lost. And what does she do? when she finds that coin. But she calls up all of her, her friends and family, look, look at what, I found this coin that was missing. And we see a difference in number here. We, we've gone from one out of a hundred to one out of ten to this story that we find of the prodigal son one of only two that was lost and is found. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11 begins like this. Then he said, 
A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Then he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. So we see this younger son. He desired his inheritance. And the way it appears in this story, he didn't even ask for it. He demanded it. Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And the father divided to his sons his livelihood. How disrespectful. Usually when we read of an inheritance, it, it comes from someone who has passed from this life. And before his passing, the son demands his inheritance of his father. He gathers his possessions. He goes into a far country and he wastes his possessions on prodigal living. That word prodigal is usually defined in reference to money. Spending very wastefully. Spending very frivolously, I guess. And, and that's exactly what this son did. He took this money and, and he spent it recklessly. He, he had no uh, abandon at all. And he spent all that he had. And as long as he had money, he had friends. But we see that when he didn't have money, he was deserted. He was hungry and nobody would feed him. 
And so he plans out this, this scenario in his head. And you've probably been in the same situation at some point in your life where you have a conversation that you know you need to have with somebody and so you plan out exactly what you're going to say, what they're going to say, and what you're going to say in return. That's what this son is doing. So while he's, he's here, he's joined himself to a citizen of the country. He, he's feeding pigs. He's looking at what the pigs are eating and he says, Oh, if only I could have that. How low he had sunk. He got, had gone from having everything provided for him. And now he wishes that he could eat what the pigs are eating. And so he plans out this scenario in his head. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But you don't have to take me back as a son. Just, just make me like one of your hired servants. So he goes to his father. But the son is not expecting the father's reaction. He's expecting to be taken back as a servant, but when his father sees him from a great distance, which implies that the father is watching for him. When he sees his son, the father runs to him. He had compassion on him. He ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Only time we ever read of God running. And the son begins what he's rehearsed in his head. Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father cuts him off. He doesn't even finish what he's rehearsed. He doesn't even get to ask him if he can be one of his servants. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand. Sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here. Kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For my son is home. The one that was once dead is now alive. The one that was once lost is now found. From this story... We learn that the Father represents God. The Son represents anyone who has strayed away from God. And if we are willing to return to God, then He is willing to forgive us. That's the lesson that we learn from the prodigal son. It's a great lesson. But it's not the only lesson that we find in the parable. Let's turn our attention to the older son's reaction to his brother's return. In Luke 15, beginning with verse 25, we read this. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, 
Your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many times I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. Why in the world would you do this, Father? I have been faithful to you all of this time. And you're celebrating the return of someone who's devoured your livelihood, who's wasted his inheritance. Why would you do this? He was angry. He was angry. Not only that his brother had returned, but he was angry at how his father had reacted to his brother's return. Now again, there are a couple of questions that I have whenever I read this account. Whenever I read this parable, and especially when I read of, of how this brother reacted. First of all, what about his anger? Have you ever been angry at how your parents have reacted to a sibling? Maybe they've done something wrong and, and maybe they get off scotch-free and you're thinking, why weren't they punished? I think we've all been in that kind of a situation. At least those of us that have siblings, we've been in that situation before. And, and I ask, is anger sinful? Did this older brother sin and being angry at his father? I want to turn our attention to the book of Genesis. Let's look at the very first account of anger that we read about in the Bible. Genesis chapter 4 and verse 3. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry. And his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother. I think talk may be a mild term for what Cain did with his brother. But Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Cain allowed his anger to get the best of him. And his anger led to the death of his brother. And we know what happens after that. God comes and 
and asks him, where's your brother? Am I my brother's keeper? But he allowed his anger to get the best of him. And it cost him the life of his brother. Though he was warned that he should rule over sin, he allowed sin into his heart. This is not the only thing that we read about anger in the Bible. As a matter of fact, there are certain books that we refer to as books of wisdom that also speak of anger. We learn from the Bible that God is at times angry. Notice what it said in Psalm 7 and verse 11. Psalm 7 verse 11. God is a just judge. And God is angry with the wicked every day. He is angry with those who sin against Him. But He is loving and forgiving to those desiring forgiveness, as we learn from the story of the prodigal son. When we ask that question, is anger wrong? Is it sinful? Well, if anger were sinful, then that would make God sinful also. Because God is angry. He's angry with the wicked. Those who refuse to turn to Him, those who refuse to do His will, He's angry with them. We also learn elsewhere that one can be angry without sinning. Notice what is said in Psalm 4, in verse 4. Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Selah. Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. So we can be angry without that anger leading us to sinful behavior. We also read in the Bible that anger should only be temporary. It should not last. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 9 says this. Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 9. Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry. For anger rests in the bosom of fools. Ephesians 4. In verses 26 and 27. Ephesians 4 and verse 26. There's a quote from a passage that we just read a moment ago. Psalm 4.4. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Nor give place to the devil. Don't allow... Your anger to continue into nightfall. Don't allow it to persist in your life. Don't keep it 
inside of you building up and, and just festering and growing until you finally explode. Don't keep that anger within your heart. Be angry and do not sin. So was the brother sinful and being angry? He was because he allowed it to go too far. But we can be angry in a good way. Like God, we can be angry with those who are wicked, those who sin against them. We can be angry that they refuse Him. If that anger leads us to try to win those souls, there's what we call righteous anger, justified anger. That's not what the brother that we read about was dealing with. His anger was not justified. He should have been grateful that his brother had returned. He should have been happy that he had returned to the fold. But he was not. Was the brother's reaction justified? Look at what the father says in Luke chapter 15 verses 31 and 32. Luke 15, 31 and 32. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad. For your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost, and is found. The younger brother had been lost. He might as well have been dead in reference to his father and his father's household. The same as those who are lost in the world today. They are dead to God until they are obedient or until they return, whichever the case may be. They are dead. Even though they walk around as alive as we are and breathing just as we are and just as healthy as we are, inside of them, their soul is dead. Their lives are wasted. That's where this younger brother was. He was lost, he was dead, but he had come back. He had returned, and so he was alive again. And the Father made Mary for that reason. He celebrated for that reason. It was very right that they do that. So this brother's reaction was not righteous. His anger was not righteous anger. He was angry about the wrong thing. It reminds me of another parable that is given in Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. Matthew chapter 20, beginning with verse 1, and it says this, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. 
And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, You also go into the vineyard and whatever is ripe I will give you. So they went. Again he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. So when the evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the heat of the day? But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first. And the first last. For many are called, but few chosen. Those who are faithful for a short time are no less deserving of the reward than those who have served a long time. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for a number of years, or a number of days, or a number of hours, a number of minutes. We're all deserving of the same reward. And so these that came first thinking that they should get more because they had served longer, man hadn't cheated them. They had agreed to this price and that's what they were given. They had agreed to this reward at the end of their labor and that's what they were given. Their anger should not have been justified. It was not justified. So what do we learn from the prodigal's brother? We should not be angry when someone desires to become a Christian or to return to God. No matter how long we or they have served God, they deserve the same reward. Now sometimes we get angry with people because maybe they come forward too many times. I, I, I've been in congregations where someone did respond to the invitation almost every week. People would get angry about it. And that's not the way we should be as Christians. If someone desires to make their heart right with God, then we should not be angry for any reason. We should be happy. We should celebrate with them for those who were once lost or found. Just as we were once lost and are now found 
But we learn to be forgiving as the Father forgave His Son. In Matthew chapter 18, beginning with verse 21, it says, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Verse 34, And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to each of you who from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. For the one who refuses to forgive cannot be forgiven. If he refuses to forgive others, God will not forgive him his trespasses. But the sin was not directly against him. The older brother should have forgiven. He should have forgiven his brother's wrong. He should have been happy that he returned So we learn to be like God. Be forgiving. We desire to be like Him in the end. That's one of our verses in our Bible class. We desire to be like Him. And if we desire to be like Him, then we will be forgiven. One final note for this lesson. If you are the prodigal son, if you're the one that has taken your inheritance and wasted it on reckless living, riotous living, prodigal living, if you are the prodigal son, don't let the reactions of older brothers discourage you from responding to the gospel. We know what we read here of the father and how he received the younger brother. He received him with gladness. That's how God will receive you. If you're lost, you can be found. If you are dead, you can be made alive again by returning to his fold. Maybe you've never become a Christian and you need to obey the gospel, repentance, confession, and baptism what we're told in the Scripture that we need to do in order to have remission of sins. And if you've not done that, then we would encourage you to come in obedience. But if you're in need of responding to the Gospel, whether it be in obedience or repentance, whichever the case may be, if there's something that we can do to assist you, don't let another day pass that you're outside of God, outside of Christ, Outside of the coverage of His blood, you can be alive. If we can help you in that, please come as we stand and sing.